This is Clayton for Podcast Radio Business, and we're joined by Lisa Johnson, entrepreneur, business strategist, and female business owner. And we're here to discuss the time to raise the profiles of women in business and close the gender break. Thank you for joining us, Lisa. Thanks for having me. You are most welcome. You are the only female finalist in the scale-up category of the Great British Entrepreneur Awards. How are you feeling about that? Really good. I've never actually entered an award before. This was the first awards I ever entered. And so I was really happy to become a finalist, especially in the scale-up category, where it's much more difficult for females generally to get through. So really happy about it. How do you as a businesswoman from Lincolnshire aim to raise the profile of women in business? I think for me, I have around 4,000 clients at any one time. And the majority of them are women. And I think it's really important that people start seeing women in business as contenders, as competition. And that's not really been the case in the past. People have always seen women in business as kind of just like kitchen table businesses, working around the kids, work, you know, they don't want to go back to work after maternity leave. And actually, there are women out there who, with their businesses, are changing the world, not just their worlds, but other people's worlds. And I think it's really important that we highlight this. We're starting to do things like close the gender equality, inequality in workplaces. But it feels like businesses are being missed out in that way. And I think it needs to change. And so I really want to highlight those businesses by showing what we can do, by highlighting some of my own clients and by showing what my business has done over the last few years so that people can see what's possible. In what way do you think society perceives men and women differently when it comes to talking about their abilities and achievements? I think we can see pretty obviously that when men talk about their achievements, when men talk about how amazing they've done in business, when they mention money publicly about what their business has done, they get a a slap on the back. It's like, well done. People are like really pleased for them. And it's seen as a good thing. When a woman talks about money, and I've, I've seen this online so many times, talks about how well their business is doing or how much money their business is making. It's not seen in the same way. It's seen as boasting. It's seen as they just need to to be a bit quieter and sit down and shut up. And I think we're still seen as, well, if they're doing that, they can't be doing really well at home with the kids and all of those kind of things. And that needs to change because it shouldn't be that way. Like kids are the responsibility of both parties as is chores, as is everything else, if two people are working. Mm -hmm. You know, as a breadwinner in my own household, we share everything. And that's exactly how it should be. And yet women are often made to feel that their business isn't as important as a male business would be. And do you think that to a certain extent, even though what you say makes a lot of sense, do you not feel that sometimes with many men in business there can be a facade in so far as being successful and everything's going well oh yeah I've seen people in business in my own experience where you think they are they are minted they're making serious money and they are in it up to their necks yeah I think that's absolutely right and if I'm completely honest it's not just men that do that especially online it's a it's a problem all round with men and women. We call it bro marketing here in the <laughs> online world, but actually there's just as many women doing it. And, you know, they feel like 
by posing next to a Lamborghini or showing themselves on a private jet, that's showing some kind of wealth, but we all know those things can be hired by the hour. So I think that it's really important online, especially to be transparent about things, not just the good that happens in business, but also the challenges that happen in business, because otherwise more and more people that are in business that are struggling, you know, some people are struggling this year with the with the cost of living crisis to make ends meet in their business. And they feel like they can't put their hand up and say, I need funding or I need help because so many people are making out it's easy when it's not easy. And so, you know, the more we can do to just show that it's okay to ask for help, it's okay to get funding as a woman, it's okay to enter awards as a female business, the better it's going to be for everybody. Your relationship with awards has been uh, an interesting one because it's not something that you've ever gone in for. Is there a particular reason why you've avoided them like the plague? Yeah, if I'm honest with you, I think most awards out there are just scams. I think they're money-making schemes where you're either paying for your award, pretty much. There are so many awards that people have told me, I've won, now you just need to pay this £200 and you can have it. (laughs) Yeah, I'm not playing that game. So there's there's a load out there that are like that, and it's hard to differentiate between them. But also there's some that are voted for by the public, which is just a popularity contest. You know, you don't need your nan to vote for you in business. It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> oh, and, listen, I want my nan to vote for me. <laughs> and so I was really, um, really cautious about if I was ever going to go for an award, it would need to be the right one. It would need to be one that's judged fairly. And that means something rather than just, you know, everybody seems to be an award-winning something right now. So I only wanted to be award-winning if it meant something to me. And um, the Great British Entrepreneur Awards I've looked at for a long time, and I know that they do things really well. And then if I'm honest with you, I think the other reason that I haven't is because like most women in business, there's a confidence issue where we think we have to be brilliant to be able to enter awards. We have to be the absolute best out there. Whereas that doesn't happen with men. Like men in their first year will go for all the awards. Women will wait two or three years to make sure that actually, you know, their business is doing really, really well. And that's another thing that I want to help women with, like the confidence of actually claiming things that are rightfully theirs to claim. So how do you encourage other female entrepreneurs to raise the profile of women in business? By showing what they're doing, by being transparent, by being visible, being out there, like taking up space in this business world rather than, you know, they've been told to just to just get on with things and do things quietly. They don't have to do that. They can be loud. They can show up. They can talk about the things that are are going right for them. If they're making money, get out there and talk about it. If their business is really successful and they're winning awards, talk about it. They don't have to feel like they're boasting to do that. No one will ever sell themselves as much as they will. How can women overcome their concerns and what strategies can female business owners use to highlight their achievements and successes? Because you've managed to do it and maybe other people listening today and other ladies listening today can take the same inspiration. I think the strategy, I think there's one big strategy, and that's to stop worrying about what strangers on the internet are going to think. And for a long time, this stopped me, and I see it stop so many of my clients from actually being the business leader that they need to be, because we're worried about being judged. We're worried what people might think of us or or troll us online or any of those things. And actually, we're making a choice when we worry about those things. We're making a choice between 
our business, our family and our experiences and a stranger on the internet. And when we think of it like that, who are we really choosing? We need to stop worrying about, you know, what people think of us really is none of our business. And when we stop thinking like that and start thinking instead about that person that needs to hear you, that person that needs to be inspired by you and your story and your achievements, it becomes very easy then to be able to go out there and and inspire others and talk about what you're doing. You mentioned earlier about there is an unconscious bias in the business world. And obviously that's been going on for some considerable time and small incremental steps have been made. In your opinion, what steps can be taken to address that unconscious bias going forward? I think that it's a it's a bigger thing. It's not just about business. It's about we have to start with the knowledge that housework and the childcare isn't a woman's issue. And until that changes, it's very difficult to change any unconscious bias because people are just brought up thinking, well, you know, if one of us has to give up their job to look after the children, it has to be the female. And so many of my clients tell me, you know, well, I'm trying to get my business off the ground, but my priority has to be childcare and my priority because my husband works. And it's almost seen like your business isn't as important as your partner who works. And that's not the way it should be. And that unconscious bias will change the more that the thinking around the gender roles change. I'm going to ask a side question to that is, do you think it's more based on male ego than it is anything else? I think it can be. Lots of people have said to my husband in the past, my husband works for me. He does most of the childcare. He, you know, is the person that sorts out any of the house issues or anything like that um, because I'm the breadwinner. And people have said to him, you know, other men have said to him, don't you feel emasculated? And he said, you'd have to be very insecure in who you are to feel emasculated by a partnership where both of you are bringing in the skills needed to have this amazing life that we have, where we travel around the world with our, with our twins. Um, so he doesn't feel that, but I think that men are brought up to feel emasculated if they are not the breadwinner. So I think it's a societal change that needs to happen. It's more deep rooted than just, you know, let's start thinking about business women as actual businesses, because it starts long before that. So you mentioned also as well, you mentioned about starting up a business and how difficult that can be. One of the things that kills businesses is lack of funding. That's the one that really stops your idea before you've even got it off the ground. Can you give us an idea as to how that lack of funding really constricts female-led startups much more than their male counterparts? Yeah, well, what we know statistically is that most of the funding available out there is claimed by male businesses, male-founded businesses. There is a very small percentage of female-founded businesses that go for funding in the first place. And a new report has brought that out that, that says that. So what we know is that women aren't going for the funding. And out of pretty much every client I've ever had that's female, they've all put their own money, whether it's savings or, you know, any selling things or even getting into debt to be able to start their businesses, to be able to learn what to do in business. And 
there is actually funding out there that they can go and get, but they don't think that it's for them. They just assume it's not. Because I think that this whole um, how people think about female-owned businesses is even thought of by the females themselves, that they aren't, you know, as good as male businesses. And they need to change their thinking around that because they can go for the funding just as much as everyone else. And it does impact them because as soon as they run out of savings or they're in debt, it means they're starting from a worse place. I was exactly the same. I started my business 30,000 pounds in debt and I funded it all myself. Um, And that's worked out, but it's taken a hard slog to be able to get that to work out because before you're even making any kind of profit, you're paying off debt. Um, And so there needs to be education around how to get capital. And if that's through funding or venture capitalists or angel investors, there are things out there that people can apply for. We've talked a lot about female business owners and entrepreneurs and startups. But I'm going to turn the attention to the men before them, before the audience goes boo hiss <laughs> and the people at podcast radio hate me for it. How can men be allies in promoting gender equality and in entrepreneurship and funding? There are so many things they can do. And some already are. Like I know some amazing male business owners that are doing a lot in this. So just small things. For instance, if you're going to have a stage at a seminar or a summit that you're putting on, make sure you don't just have speakers who are male. Like just small things like that. You make sure that when you're shouting about businesses that you're using, you also shout about the female businesses that you're using. And also if you are looking for things like coaching, if you're looking for consultants in your business, don't automatically think that that has to be a male-owned business because you're male, because there's a lot that female-owned businesses can bring to the table. So I think it's just awareness of these these small unconscious biases that we might have. It's just looking a little bit deeper when making decisions for their own businesses so that it can be shared a little bit more, the attention can be shared. And finally, going towards awards, when is your award ceremony actually happening? It's in November, so I have a little while to panic about that yet. (laughs) (laughs) So before that happens, really, what advice are you going to give and share with the podcast radio business audience about how they can see an award and effectively have the courage to apply for it and the focus to say, I can do this? I think the best advice I can give you is to always play the what's the worst that can happen game. What's the worst that can happen that you don't get through, that this isn't the time that you're going to be nominated? That's okay. At least you've tried. We only ever regret the things that we don't do, not the things we do. That is fantastic advice. So where can our podcast radio business listeners go to for more information? So the easiest place to find me is on Instagram at Lisa Johnson Strategist or on my website, which is lisajohnson.com. So Lisa Johnson, entrepreneur, business strategist and female business owner. Thank you for joining us here on Podcast Radio Business. Thank you. You're most welcome.